Hello and thank you for checking out the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish student-driven content to share with the world. This network empowers students to become content creators for all different types of digital mediums. For more student-ran podcasts, blogs, artwork, and content, please check out the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network at www.hvspn.com. The opinions represent within the digital content are those of the content creators. Now please enjoy the following podcast episode. Welcome to my AP Biology Thoughts Podcast. My name is Shreya Karthik-Betson, and I'm your host for episode 5 called Population Genetics, including Central Dogma, Alleofrequency Equation, and Gene Pools. Today we will be discussing the definitions of all of those concepts, as well as a few examples to go along with them. Then we will connect all of that to the overarching topic of evolution. We will be discussing the topic of population genetics, which is the study of genetic variation within a population, and looking into changes in the frequencies of genes and alleles in populations over time. So natural selection is actually one of the most influential factors that can affect a population's genetic composition. So one of the um, branches that falls under population genetics is called the central dogma, and It's when the instructions contained in DNA are converted into a functional product, such as a phenotype and a protein. So um, our DNA, which contains the genes that determine who we are, is one part of the process of central dogma. And then the proteins that are formed as a result of the process determine the structure and function of all of your cells. So the central dogma describes the two-step process, which includes transcription and translation of how information in genes flow into proteins, creating a string of amino acids called polypeptides. Um, So the DNA has the information, which is used by RNA to make the proteins. So it's all just this one big flow. Um, So it goes DNA to RNA to proteins. So the allele frequency equation, um, just a basic definition of an allele, it's a version of a gene and a heritable unit that controls a particular feature of an organism. So the allele frequency refers to how often a particular allele appears in a population. So an equation called the Hardy-Weinberg equation is used to calculate the genetic variation in a population, and that is p squared plus 2pq plus q squared. So p squared and q squared are the allele frequencies of the homozygous recessive and homozygous dominant, and 2pq is the allele frequency of the heterozygous genotypes. Um, So to individually get P and Q, you have to calculate the actual over the total number of alleles. And then you get a percentage, and that's representative of the allele frequency. So with this knowledge, you're able to calculate the total allele frequencies using the equation P plus Q equals 1. So you can solve for P, and then once you get P, um, plug it into P plus Q equals 1, and then you can get Q. So the gene pool is calculated using the equation just mentioned, which is P plus Q equals 1, because it is the sum of both allele frequencies. A gene pool is the collection of different genes within an interbreeding population and refers to the genetic diversity of a specific population. So logically, the larger a gene pool, the greater genetic diversity and the better a population is able to withstand environmental challenges. I have a picture um, from Khan Academy 
of just what central dogma the process looks like. So the first example is the depiction of the central dogma and the different processes at work. So in the first part, the DNA is directing the construction of the chain of amino acids through a process called transcription, which is when the DNA sequence of a gene is copied to make an RNA molecule. And then during the second process, which is called translation, um, messenger RNA or mRNA is decoded to specify the specific amino acids of the polypeptide chain. Overall, information is flowing from DNA to RNA to a protein, and this directional flow is why it is the central dogma of molecular biology. So um, it creates the specific proteins that provide function to each of your cells in your body. In order to determine the allele frequency, the best example I found was using pea plants. So in this picture, um, there are nine pea plants, and that means there are 18 total alleles, because each has two. And so in this picture, six of them are homozygous dominant, and they're represented by two capital W's. One is heterozygous, and it's represented by a capital W and a lowercase w. And then two are going to be homozygous recessive, which are represented by two lowercase w's. So to calculate P and Q, you set them up as fractions and convert them into percentages. So there are 13 copies of the W allele and 5 copies of the lowercase w allele. So the allele frequencies for each are going to be 72% and 28% respectively. And you get that because since there are 13 of the dominant allele, um, you set it over the total number of alleles, which is 18 and that percentage is 72%. So then you could just do 1 minus or 100 minus 72% and get 28% to get the recessive allele frequency. So if you notice, they add up to 1 or 100%. Basically, a gene pool shows the diversity, the genetic diversity of a population. So I have a picture of different butterflies, and they're all different colors. And you can see the diversity in the population through the different allele combinations. So in this example, two capital A's are brown, and they are the homozygous dominant trait, and then the heterozygous trait is represented through orange butterfly, and then the recessive, homozygous recessive trait is represented through um, the white butterflies, and they overall combine to make the gene pool. This topic fits into the greater picture of evolution, so the flow of information from DNA to a protein is the process of central dogma, which relates to evolution because if a mutation arises out of this process, it creates a change in the DNA. So this change causes changes in all aspects of that organism's life and increases genetic variation, which contributes to evolution as a whole because genetic variation fuels evolution and that's how different changes occur, um, leading to new species, like changes in the species. And then so through each protein that's made, you can analyze similarities and differences between organisms to see if they are closely related and where a divergence might have occurred, and that's called divergent evolution. So if a gene pool with a mix of alleles stayed the same, there would be very little genetic variation, but changes to the frequencies of alleles demonstrates evolution because it's increasing the diversity. Microevolution reflects changes in DNA sequences and allele frequencies within a species over time, and these changes can be because of mutations, and these mutations can introduce new alleles into a population. Thank you for listening to this episode of My AP Biology Thoughts. For more student-ran podcasts, make sure that you visit www.hvspn.com. 
Thanks for listening.